Welcome back to another episode of Lady, You're Scaring Us. Hi. I'm Taylor. I'm Hillary. I'm Marisa. We got Marisa back. <laughs> it just sounds so good. I got Marisa back. She, if you don't know, was <laughs> with us on our Ingram family episode, which is probably my favorite episode we've had thus far. Mm. Yeah. It, it's mine. It, it is my favorite so, you said so far. <laughs> so if you I haven't listened, it. yeah, if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go check it out. It was a roller coaster. Yes, it was. What's your favorite bin if it's not the Ingram? Don't yell. Um, <laughs> I think the uh, ghost girlfriend made me laugh the most. But other like the actual oh actual murder. Mm. For just one of our full episodes. Gosh, I'm gonna have to look at see what y'all have done. Pamela Smart. Pamela Smart. Just because she was one. easy to make fun of. Yeah, that one was fun. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I really think I like the um, shit. What's that one? The Elliot Roger one. Really? That was very interesting. I didn't like our first. I didn't like that three one. or four. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought they were awful. So if you're new, don't I guess go I'll back. Like, I, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't just go back. Start. I just, I guess I like all of them because I like you guys. So, Aww. well, Hillary. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. All right, so today we are going to talk about a Doctor John Schneeberger. John Schneebly. <laughs> Have you heard this of him? This is Mr. No. Schneebly. Okay. Well, Schneeber. Say it again. Schneeberger. Schneeberger. Doctor S. Reminds me of Jack Black's character, yeah. Ned Schneebly, <laughs> School of Rock. <laughs> Never Let's seen it. Rock. Let's rock. Let's <gasps> rock. Sorry. It's pretty good. I'm sorry. On October 31st, 1992. So a few years ago. In Kipling, Saskatchewan. I don't think we've had a Canadian case yet. Yeah, we did. Well, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. But Andrew Badger half, doesn't count half and half. He's American. Yeah. Markin. Well, these are, this is about Canadians. So Kipling, Saskatchewan, 23-year-old single mom, Candace, decided to go visit her friend at Kipling Memorial Hospital where the friend worked. Candace had just gotten off work herself. And then while she was there, her ex-boyfriend that she had just broken up with showed up and they got into this huge argument. So Candace wanted to go see her friend to basically vent and tell her all about everything that happened. But when she got there, the nurses told her that her friends weren't working that night. That made Candace even more upset. So she just started crying more, whatever, whatever. And she was so upset that the nurses actually suggested that she talk to the doctor that was on duty. And that doctor was a Dr. John Schneeberger. Dr. Schneeberger, who was uh, originally from South Africa, moved to Canada in 1987. In 1991, he married a single mother of two, Lisa, and they would go on to have two daughters of their own. He was a well-respected member of the small community, and all the residents of Kipling felt lucky to have such an educated and skilled doctor in their tiny town. Candace was also familiar with Dr. Schneeberger because he had actually delivered her daughter earlier that year. Candace agreed to talk to the doctor, and she told him about her anxiety and everything that was going on. He suggested that she take a sedative and then left the room. She expected him to give her a pill to help calm nerves, but instead he came back with an injectable medication. So this doctor is just giving out Sorry, if I'm meds. S- yeah, I'm sitting there and he comes in with a needle. What, 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 what's right. up? Yeah. <laughs> Can I have a pill? Shots of pills. <laughs> Shots of pills. I just, yeah. I just want like a Xanax. Right? I don't need you to inject me, sir. <laughs> he, comes, he comes in the room. What is that? I would do. I would make a big deal out of it. You ain't gonna do that to me, sir. Immediately after she got the shot, Candace remembered basically falling back on the table like jelly. Does this smell like chloroform to you? <laughs> Things started to get blurry and she tried to yell out, but she couldn't. That's terrifying. That is terrifying. Have you ever had an instance like that? Where no? I've been, had a shot because All I was right. having some anxiety? No. I've had an instance when I was at a party one time where this kind of happened to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was crossfaded, right? You know what that means. You're, we are what now? Crossfaded. No. No So idea. this was like high school. Okay. So I had smoked a little of the devil's lettuce. Okay. And then was drinking. Okay. And I was so 
blitzed that I like literally couldn't like move my hands in front of me. Okay. And I remember this guy kept trying to like grab me and mm-hmm. I couldn't move my arms to like extend to mm-hmm. get him away from me. Mm-hmm. So it was like, <laughs> it's not funny. I'm glad you know that's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I seriously. Nothing happened. I'm just going to go ahead and say that nothing happened. Well, that you're aware of. My friend, no, my friends were very in tuned with what was going on. That sounds terrifying. It was. And I was like, whoa, whoa. Whoa, kind of like in a dream where you're like, you're getting beat up or you're about to get beat up and yeah. you want to fight back so bad, but it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, That's any like, high schoolers listening right now, don't, don't do oh, what Taylor did. No. Ye- <laughs> I just forgot about the audience. <laughs> but uh, I legit, like my friends were noticing whatever. And a male friend of mine, who we were friends for like years, was like, okay, we're all leaving. Everyone get in the car. So then we left and <laughs> my two best friends like, Jesus. Yeah. I like how you're laughing about it, but that really sounds terrifying. Uh, that's how I deal with it. Comedy. Yeah, kids, don't do not do what I did. Don't, don't do, do drugs, period. Mm, I'm just, just kidding. Um, Candace was in a state of being partially unconscious, but still somewhat aware what was going on. But she definitely knew that someone was pulling down her jeans, and she was also aware that someone began penetrating her. But Candace couldn't move. I knew this is where this was going. Did you? I did. So Candace didn't regain consciousness for hours. And even after she did, she was still so dizzy that the nurses made her sleep the rest of the medication off at the hospital. When she woke up the next morning, her head finally felt clear. And she remembered the events that occurred after Dr. Schneeberger injected her with the sedative. And Candace decided to confront him and she asked what he'd given her and he just responded why did it give you crazy dreams hmm. she uh, probably should have asked me... that before he injected yeah her. like what is that hey what is that hey doc? i just needed like a xanax i don't know yeah, why just... you're injecting me with um this. whoa buddy <laughs> keep your needle to yourself <laughs> keep both yeah both your needles. Those needles so yeah he's basically gaslighting her why did it give you crazy dreams mm-hmm. but she was smart. And before she left the hospital, she asked the nurses for a sealable plastic bag and she actually put her underwear in it. Good, good thinking. Yeah. Mm. That hospital was the only hospital in town. Candace drove 95 miles away to a hospital in Regina to ask for a rape test. They took vaginal swabs and got samples from her jeans and the underwear that she'd saved. The vaginal swabs were positive for semen, confirming what Candace already knew. Still wondering what she'd been given, Candace also asked to have her blood tested for any drugs or any substances. The results showed that she'd been given Versed. Damn. Yeah, Versed is a sedative that's usually given before minor surgeries to help you relax and cause drowsiness, but it also has some amnesic effects. So if you've ever had your wisdom teeth taken out, they probably used Versed yeah. or just any kind of, it's conscious sedation, <clears throat> uh, basically. So like Twilight. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I remember when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, like I was asleep, but then I could hear them talking. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, oh, and I'm like, are they talking about me? Did you have crazy dreams? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yo. But I, but I did think that they were talking about me. When I really? got my, yeah. when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, I remember they put the mask on you. And I was like, because I wanted to get like good and gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I'm terrified of stuff like that. So then I next thing I knew, I fell asleep and I woke up. And when I woke up, the little dental assistant, whatever, it looked like my Nana. And so I started crying. <laughs> Is Nana not with us anymore? No, Nana's with us. <laughs> but it was like, I don't know. I had like, I was completely, I was very emotional. Yeah, it makes me oh. cry too. I woke up crying. I've like, never, I've never had They it. got my mom. They were like, um, Tracy, can you come here for a minute? And she's like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, they, like, <laughs> she's I, like, and I walked in and you're sitting in a chair crying and the oral surgeon is sitting beside you with tissues, like wiping the tears oh, off wow. of your face. 
I don't know what it was. Like I, mm-hmm. I was very emotional. And I also kept calling the lady Nana. She was like, I'm not your fucking Nana. <laughs> and then I got, my best friend came and got me at the time. And he like put me in the... <laughs> In the wheelchair, and he goes, Taylor, why are you crying? I go, they have Nana, and they're not letting her go. Oh, my God. And so I had it in my hand that they had my Nana hostage. Poor Nana. Yeah. I cried for, like, an hour. Like, I was like that for a few hours. Wow. And, like, I remember when I was still kind of waking up, the um, surgeon was like, hey, do you want me to put these teeth in a jar and let you take them home? And I remember being like, oh, no. And then, like, we get in the car, and we're driving down the road, and I just start busting out crying. And my mom's like, what is wrong with you now? <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> He asked me if I wanted my teeth, and I told him no, but I do want them. I do want, I want them now. I did want them, but I told him no, and I didn't take them. And she's like, well, I'm so sorry. And I was like. <laughs> no, I've never, I, I don't have my wisdom teeth. I guess they never came in, so she explains a lot. Yeah, it does. Anyway. But yeah, that's some, it's some serious <clears throat> shit. Well, when Candace returned to Kipling, she filed a formal complaint with the Kipling Police Department. Dr. Schneeberger, of course, denied the allegations. Well, of course he did. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it. Why, like, why would he tell the truth? Exactly. On November 2nd, he invo- he volunteered to give a sample of his blood, but told them that they were pretty much wasting their time because the blood DNA wouldn't match the sample from Candace's rape kit because he was innocent. He gave a blood sample without issue, and it didn't match. Hmm. Candace couldn't believe it. She kept pressuring the police department to look into things more and to test them again. Finally, almost a year later, in August 1993, Dr. Schneeberger agreed to a second voluntary DNA test. So that was a year later, almost. Because it happened on October 31st in 1992. Here we are in August 93. Okay. And he's giving the second DNA test. So, so. she she continued to pursue this. Yes. Good for of her. course. Yeah. Okay. Because just think, he's practicing this whole time. Right, right. <laughs> With his needles. <laughs> This time, a nurse drew the blood while the police monitored. The needle entered his arm, and the vials filled with blood. Officers then took the vials directly to the police headquarters. They were tested again, and it was not a match. Interesting. So it wasn't him? Maybe it was somebody else that he... Maybe you should just sit back and listen. Okay, I will. Candace was devastated because if people didn't believe her before, (laughs) they definitely didn't believe her now. Mm -hmm. She was basically shunned, and everybody rallied around Dr. Schneeberger. A lot of people thought that Candace was trying to get money out of him somehow, or that she was romantically interested in him, but he turned her down. So this was her exacting her revenge. Of course. Yeah, because... I mean, what other other alternative would there be? Conniving women. Yeah. But I have a question. Even like when they took like her blood and all that stuff, couldn't they see that that sedative was in her Yeah, they told her. Yeah, it was the Versed. Wouldn't that be weird to them? That she was given Versed? Well, I would why would they... Like, I'm assuming they would have gotten his treatment notes from the hospital and it would depend... And he could have put anything in there. Yeah. She was... Well, and plus, he probably said, hey, Versed makes you loopy. Uh, How can you... Right. She just was fucked up. So Candace ended up moving nine hours away to Red Deer in Alberta. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police closed the case in 1994, and Dr. Schneeberger continued with his practice. Mm. Fast forward to 1995. Candace still was not giving up on trying to get justice. She ended up hiring a private investigator named Larry O'Brien, and he was only 25, but he had previously worked for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police doing intelligence and undercover work. Candace wanted another DNA sample. So Larry ended up breaking into Dr. Schneeberger's car and he got a hair from the headrest and there was a tube of chapstick in the car. So it said he had like an envelope because if he just took the chapstick, Dr. Schneeberger would be like, where the fuck is my chapstick? Right. So he just took it and took the envelope and like, my lips are real bad. Yeah. (laughs) I need my chapstick. Just give me your chapstick. 
He took it and like rubbed it on the plastic part like that you can see through with the envelope mm -hmm. and took that to have it tested. He sent the samples to British Columbia and they couldn't use the hair sample because the hair didn't have the root on it. And I guess that's where the okay, DNA yeah. is. Right. That makes sense. But the cells from the chapstick were a match to the DNA that was found in the underwear. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so what you thinking? Yeah, I don't, because if, if they, if they were there, so maybe he, shit, I don't know. Okay, let's keep going. All right. I'm trying to, trying to think of something, but I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. Okay. okay. Candace was ecstatic. She went to the Kipling police with the new information and demanded that they reopen the case. Unfortunately, since the evidence was obtained without a warrant, they couldn't use it. Of course. And they said Candace couldn't guarantee that the sample was from Dr. Schneeberger because it was just taken from the chapstick, not directly from him. So they were like, that could yeah, be yeah, by so, chapstick. But even if it was, it'd be like, okay, well, whoever that person was was in right. his fucking car. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if... If maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was somebody else that he's close to. He's, and he's just a sick fucking... Was helping? Yeah, maybe. Let's see. So they wouldn't reopen the case. Police were still a little suspicious. Their samples hadn't matched, but this one had. That was weird. Candace ended up filing a civil suit against Dr. Schneeberger. Because of all the pressure put on him, he agreed to do a third test. They were going to do just a simple finger prick to get the blood sample because they don't really need a lot. But Dr. Schneeberger said that he had a condition... That made his hands bruise easily, so he requested it be taken from his left arm. Police complied because the doctor was given the sample voluntarily. So he's got something in his arm that's got... I don't know. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> On November 20th, 1996. So we're... How many years now? 1996. Three. Original happened in 92. Okay. They set up a camera in the police lab to record Dr. Schneeberger having his blood drawn. The tech ran into some issues as she was attempting to get the sample. She thought maybe there was insufficient vacuum in the vein, but when she did get the sample, she said the blood looked weird. Almost like it wasn't fresh. She had also noted that the vein itself looked weird. The lab tried to test the blood, but it wasn't a good sample. There wasn't enough and the blood had degraded. So the police wanted to do a fourth DNA test, but before they could, on April 25th, 1997, so five years, mm -hmm. Dr. Schneeberger's wife, Lisa, contacted the police and reported that her husband had raped her 13-year-old daughter, aka his stepdaughter. The girl told her mom that he'd been coming into her room for years and injecting her with something that would Holy make her memory shit. fuzzy before sexually assaulting her. Holy fuck. When Lisa searched her husband's office, she found a box of condoms, syringes, and drugs, including Versed. Wow. So she was a good mom, and she called the police immediately. Yeah, yeah. she didn't fuck around with the no. But I love him. He wouldn't do that. Thank you, Lisa. Yes. For protecting your children. Dr. Schneeberger was finally arrested, and they got a warrant for a fourth DNA test. This one wasn't voluntary, and they took three samples. They took one sample of hair. They took a saliva swab and a blood from a finger stick on his right hand. All three new samples matched the DNA from the chapstick and the semen in Candace's underwear. So what's going on with the left arm? <laughs> we'll keep going. He was charged with aggravated assault, two counts of administrating a noxious substance, one count of obstruction, and one count of sexual assault. But everyone was still wondering how those other DNA tests didn't match up. Right. 
people had literally watched the needle go into his arm and blood drawn. Everyone got their answer in November 1999 when Dr. Schneeberger took the witness stand at his trial. So the first three times that they drew blood, they were drawing somebody else's blood. He had taken blood from one of his male patients and inserted it into a Penrose drain, which is a thin rubber tube. He used an anticoagulant to keep the blood in a liquid state. He then implanted the tube into his own arm just beside the vein. So how many times did he do this to other people and got away with it? Yeah, Each time they had drawn blood, he had insisted having it drawn from his left arm. It's mm-hmm. gross. No it? one knew that they were drawing blood from a tube implanted under his skin. Holy like the fucking... Shit. Put somebody else's dirty ass blood in his blood. Well, I'm sure well, he knew it was clean blood. I don't think he picked it. It's still dirty. It, yeah, definitely. But he fucking cut his arm open yeah. and put a Penrose drain in. I wish he would have gotten an infection and his arm would have fallen yeah, off. Yeah, among other things. That's crazy. Like the lengths he fucking yeah. went. Yeah. God damn. Okay, well. So... <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> What a sick fuck. Like, he really didn't want to get caught. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you didn't. When investigators rewatched the tapes, they noticed that he had always worn a long sleeve shirt and didn't pull the sleeves up far enough to see the incision in his upper arm. Mm. When they watched it more carefully, at one point, they saw the tube protruding from his arm for a split second. Wow. The third time, when the technician thought that the blood looked dark and not fresh, it's because he had removed the tube from his arm after the second test, stored it in a refrigerator, and then replaced it in his arm four years later for that third DNA test. He got lazy. That's what happens when you get lazy. Wow. Mm. But is it that important to you? I mean, for what reason? To not go to jail? I don't know. Yeah, but who thinks thinks to do stuff like that? Yeah. Sick individuals. They go, oh, I really got to itch this scratch, but you know, I don't want to go to jail for the rest of my life. Wow. Okay. Even though he admitted doing all of this, Dr. Schneeberger still claimed that none of what Candace said was true. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I did all that. Yeah, I did all that, but that bitch is crazy. I didn't do it. I did stick this in my arm. I didn't do it, but I did that. (laughs) Right. His reason for going through all the trouble of creating the fake vein was because it was the only way to defend himself and he didn't trust the police. So he's saying saying that he didn't do that crime, but when she started accusing him of it, that was the only way he could prove his innocence because he was innocent. Like, but if he was innocent, he wouldn't have to do that. Yeah. So that makes absolutely no fucking... And you're a doctor. Okay. Well. You came up with the whole fake vein thing, but you couldn't come up with a better reason why you made it. He even went to claim that Candace had broken into his house and stolen a used condom from his trash to get okay, the same buddy. sample and free. Right. So that's why. Right. That's why okay. he had it. Because she had... Because, he, because she just had to have him. Yeah, because you're she Justin Timberlake and people are breaking into right. your house. What's this guy look like? <laughs> A goober? <laughs> yeah. Hold on, I'll pull him up. He okay. kind of looks like a BTK. What was, I don't know. Bind, torture, kill, killer? Oh, okay. Oh, what's that? You've never heard it? I'm sorry. Listen, um, you know. Tune into the podcast. Okay. <laughs> he looks oh, like. Oh, yeah, no. Fuck oh, he looks yeah. like a fucking Woody pedophile. from Toy Story with he a looks like He looks like if Bucky was a person. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> Legit. Don't talk about Bucky like I'm that. I'm sorry. He definitely looks like a pedophile in that picture. Oh, yeah. 100%. The jury didn't buy it. He was convicted of two counts of sexual assault, one count of administering a noxious substance to commit an indictable offense, and one count of obstructing justice. Dr. Schneeberger was sentenced to only six years in a minimum security prison. What? 
I'm now, sorry. Granted, no, I don't think I heard you right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Six years. Right. But here's the thing. He went to jail for six years for raping a girl under the sedative and also molesting a 13-year-old child. Does he go to jail for six years? <laughs> Damn. We'll find out. Okay. Stay tuned. All right. So I'm here for it. <clears throat> yeah, he's, he still had a whole ass family. Right. So... Um, one thing that was fucked up was the night before the jury verdict, his wife, Lisa, refused to let the girls sleep over with him as was required by their visitation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. No fucking yeah. duh. No. Yeah. She was ordered to pay a $2,000 fine for contempt of court. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lisa had to sell their house and car to pay the bills. She filed for divorce and took back her maiden name. Good for her. While in jail, Schneeber was an asshole and insisted on visitation rights. But Lisa kept fighting back. Mm -hmm. Despite all her attempts to persuade judges and politicians, the court ordered her to force the girls to visit him once a month. Including the one that he's molesting? No, because that wasn't his daughter. That was his stepdaughter. It was the two that they had together. Okay, but still. No, had had he ever done anything with them? Not that I ever saw. Oh, okay. I mean, not not okay, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So they were ordered to visit him once a month. So on the day of the very first forced visitation... Almost 100 protesters showed up at the gates of the prison and refused to let the car in the prison Oh wow! that had the kids in it. Um, Mad Mothers Against Pedophiles had organized the protesters and said that the courts were putting a sex offender's rights ahead of children's best Mm -hmm. interests. 100%. Mm -hmm. MMAP. MMAP. But police eventually forced the crowds back and the car carrying the girls entered the prison. And the girls who were five and six were scared, crying. Of course. They didn't want to see him. Thankfully, a social worker eventually came in and said... We're not doing this. Yeah. Visitation's over. But that win was short-lived. Lisa eventually had to bring the girls to see their dad on the last Sunday of every month. But eventually, he dropped the visitation request when he realized that the girls had no interest in visiting him. Okay. Well. (laughs) At least he did that. Yeah. That's something. Yeah. Uh, Schneeberger served only four of his six years. Much of it spent in Ferndale Prison in British Columbia, often referred to as Club fed. So he went to a white <laughs> collar, you know. Wow. What's going on in uh, British Columbia? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going on Same there? thing that's going on in America. Facts. Well, be, because I feel like the, the other story that you guys told, it was like with the dude. Andrew Bagby? Yeah. Yeah. It took forever to. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck? What's going on over there? Get it together. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we do too. Um, Ferndale was a minimum security prison with residential style housing, plenty of open spaces, and even a nine-hole golf course. So yeah, club fed. <laughs> Upon his release, uh, Schneeberger was stripped of his medical license. Thank God. Yeah. Um, he should have been stripped of it before, though. Why'd they wait till he got out? And uh, also stripped of Canadian citizenship and deported back to South Africa. Oh, well, Get damn. Back out of our country. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll give them that. But his wife did have to kind of press that issue. She's like, hey, you know, he's not even a citizen. I mean, kind of. Well, yeah. he's not even one of us. He doesn't even go here. That's 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 really uh, it's really noble of her because I feel like a lot of wives, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't. She didn't lot, stick for him. Yeah. Up for him at all. Right, ever. Right. At any point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She took she took her daughter's word for it. That's good. I'm just curious as to how many other women he, I mean, he obviously mm-hmm. was a pro. Yeah, I didn't so. see, which I didn't really look, but mm-hmm. I would be interested to see after he got arrested, how many people came, came forward. forward. Yeah. But I'm sure there were many. And then like, imagine if he was your doctor and you were like, what if that happened to me? And I don't fucking remember it. Yeah. What a sick son of a bitch. But he's in Africa now. South Africa. Yeah. I read something that said he works for a catering business. <laughs> no, he does not. That's what it said. <laughs> 
catering what? Drugs? Sedation? <laughs> I don't know. Giving up on some sedation? Wow. Uh, well, hopefully he gets his. Hopefully he gets bitten by a great white shark in South Africa. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> stay tuned. We're going to be seeing another episode this week. Um, yeah. If you haven't followed our Instagram, follow us on Instagram. Lady underscore you're scaring us. Tell your friends. I've told all my friends. We have the same friends. So there <laughs> okay. are but thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me again. No problem. Hey, after that remark, I don't think you'll be back. <laughs> right? We're going to have to cut a lot out of here. You're making a lot of work for us. All right. Goodbye. Bye.